I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. In today's reading, we'll be looking at Ezekiel chapters 42 and 43. Chapter 42 is more about the dimensions of the new temple. Beginning with verse 1, Then he brought me forth into the outer court, the way toward the north, and brought me into the chamber that was over against the separate place, and which was before the building toward the north. Before the length of an hundred cubits was the north door, and the breadth was fifty cubits. Over against the twenty cubits, which were for the inner court, and over against the pavement, which was for the outer court, was gallery against gallery in three stories. And before the chambers was a walk of ten cubits breadth inward, and a way of one cubit, and their doors toward the north. Now the upper chambers were shorter, for the galleries were higher than these, than the lower, and than the middlemost of the building. For they were in three stories, but had not pillars as the pillars of the courts. Therefore the building was straightened more than the lowest, and the middlemost from the ground. And the wall that was without, over against the chambers, toward the utter court, to the fore part of the chambers, the length thereof was fifty cubits. For the length of the chambers that were in the utter court was fifty cubits, and low, before the temple was an hundred cubits. And from under these chambers was the entry on the east side, as one goeth unto them from the utter court. The chambers were in the thickness of the wall of the court toward the east, over against the separate place, and over against the building. And the way before them was like the appearance of the chambers, which were toward the north, as long as they, and as broad as they, and all their goings out were both according to the fashions, and according to their doors. And according to the doors of the chamber that were toward the south was a door in the head of the way, even the way directly before the wall toward the east, as one entereth unto them. Then said he unto me, The north chambers and the south chambers, which are before the separate place, they be holy chambers, where the priests that approach unto the Lord shall eat the most holy things. There shall they lay the most holy things, and the meat offering, and the sin offering, and the trespass offering, for the place is holy. When the priests enter therein, then shall they not go out of the holy place into the utter court, but there they shall lay their garments wherein they minister, for they are holy, and shall put on other garments, and shall approach to those things which are for the people. And when he had made an end of measuring the inner house, he brought me forth toward the gate, whose prospect is toward the east, and measured it round about. He measured the east side with the measuring reed, five hundred reeds with the measuring reed round about. He measured the north side, five hundred reeds with the measuring reed round about. He measured the south side, five hundred reeds with the measuring reed. He turned about to the west side and measured five hundred reeds with the measuring reed. He measured it by the four sides. It had a wall round about, five hundred reeds long and five hundred broad to make a separation between the sanctuary and the profane place. Well, here we have another chapter of Millennium Temple Dimensions. These temple grounds are to take up a lot of space, as you can see. How much space, you might ask? When we look at Ezekiel 42, verses 15 to 20, we see how much space. Well, unless you're reading from the NIV translation, 
The editors of the NIV could not believe that the temple grounds were over one mile square. So they changed the word reeds in the, in the translation to cubits. And they did that in these verses to make it a mere 875 feet on all four sides rather than a little over a mile on all four sides. Incidentally, I might add that they made this change based upon deductive reasoning only. Quite simply, there are no Hebrew manuscripts which support reeds instead of cubits, just none. What reasoning did they use, you might ask further? Well, one of the contentions for those who go for cubits rather than reeds by the way, a reed is approximately 10 feet, as defined in Ezekiel chapter 40, verse 5. One reason for going with cubits rather than reeds is that there's not a f space flat enough to build a one-mile square temple facility. In reply, I ask this question. When has something like creating a big flat spot ever been a problem for God? Furthermore, we know from the book of Revelation that major volcanic and earthquake activity will take place around Jerusalem during the last half of the tribulation. The way I see it, that sufficiently serves as God's big earth mover. This I know. If God says the temple grounds are over a mile square, where could I possibly get the authority to discount that as too big of a feat for God? We'll see later on in Ezekiel 47 that the land God gave Israel is reapportioned altogether as compared to Joshua's assignments back in the book of Joshua. Here's another note about Ezekiel's temple worth considering. When the exiles returned to Jerusalem under the Persians and rebuilt the temple in 535 BC, why didn't they go ahead and build it to Ezekiel's specifications here? They revered the prophecy of Ezekiel. If they believed that these temple grounds described by Ezekiel were only 875 feet square, they could have rebuilt it right there on the existing temple mount. I'm convinced that they recognized that the Hebrew manuscripts indicated the existing temple mount was simply not large enough to house a one-square-mile temple facility at that time. Logistically, they did not have the real estate to build such a facility, so they stuck with restoring the old facility. One more thing, if you're wondering, the Hebrew word for cubit, ama, is not even similar to the word for re, which is kane. And Ezekiel's usage of both measuring designations is meticulous, as we see in chapters 40 to 48. In chapter 43, the first 12 verses, we take a break from some dimensions, and we see when the glory of the Lord fills the temple. Verse 1, Afterward he brought me to the gate, even the gate that looketh toward the east. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east, and his voice was like a noise of many waters. And the earth shined with his glory. And it was according to the appearance of the vision which I saw, even according to the vision that I saw when I came to destroy the city. And the visions were like the vision that I saw by the river Kibar, and I fell upon my face. And the glory of the Lord came into the house by the way of the gate, whose prospect is toward the east. So the Spirit took me up and brought me into the inner court, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house." And I heard him speaking unto me out of the house, and the man stood by me. And he said unto me, Son of man, the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet, where I dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever, and my holy name shall the house of Israel no more defile, neither they 
nor their kings, by their whoredom, nor by the carcasses of their kings in their high places. In their setting of their threshold by my thresholds, and their post by my post, and the wall between me and them, they have even defiled my holy name by their abominations that they have committed. Wherefore, I have consumed them in mine anger. Now let them put away their whoredom and the carcasses of their kings far from me, and I will dwell in the midst of them forever. Thou, son of man, show the house of Israel, and they may be ashamed of their iniquities, and let them measure the pattern. And if they be ashamed of all that they have done, show them the form of the house, and the fashion thereof, and the goings out thereof, and the comings in thereof, and all the forms thereof, and all the ordinances thereof, and all the forms thereof, and all the laws thereof, and write it in their sight, that they may keep the whole form thereof, and all the ordinances thereof, and do them. This is the law of thy house. Upon the top of the mountain, the whole limit thereof round about shall be most holy. Behold, this is the law of the house. Ezekiel has the vision of the glory of the Lord filling the new temple. That's the millennial temple. There's the description in verse 2 when it says, And behold, the glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east, and his voice was like a noise of many waters, and the earth shined with his glory. Ezekiel identifies this glory of the Lord here in verse 3 as that which he saw in Ezekiel chapter 1 when he received the vision alongside the Kabar River. Incidentally, when the tabernacle was dedicated in Exodus chapter 40, and again when Solomon's temple was dedicated in 1 Kings chapter 8, 2 Chronicles chapter 5, the Shekinah glory filled each of these dwelling places of God. So, uh, it's typical, and it's what we expect, to see the glory of the Lord fill the new millennium temple. Now, we have then the altar that's described in Ezekiel chapter 43, verses 13 to 27. Verse 13. And these are the measures of the altar after the cubits. The cubit is a cubit, and in hand breadth. Even the bottom shall be a cubit, and the breadth of a cubit. And the border thereof, the edge round about, shall be a span. And this shall be the higher place of the altar. And from the bottom upon the ground, even to the lower settle, shall be two cubits, the breadth one cubit. And from the lesser settle, even to the greater settle, shall be four cubits, and the breadth one cubit. So the altar shall be four cubits, and from the altar and upward shall be four horns. And the altar shall be twelve cubits long, twelve broad, square in the four squares thereof. And the settle shall be fourteen cubits long, and fourteen broad, and the four squares thereof, and the border about it shall be half a cubit, and the bottom thereof shall be a cubit about, and his stairs shall look toward the east. And he said unto me, Son of man, thus saith the Lord God, These are the ordinances of the altar in the day when they shall make it, to offer burnt offering thereon, and to sprinkle blood thereon. And thou shalt give to the priests the Levites, that be of the seed of Zadok, which approach unto me, to minister unto me, saith the Lord God, a young bullock for a sin offering. And thou shalt take of the blood thereof, and put it on the four horns of it, and on the four corners of the settle, and upon the border round about, and thou shalt cleanse and purge it. Thou shalt take the bullock also of the sin offering, and he shall burn it in the appointed place of the house without the sanctuary. And on the second day thou shalt offer a kid of the goats without blemish for a sin offering, and they shall cleanse the altar, as they did cleanse it with the bullock. When thou hast made an end of cleansing it, thou shalt offer a young bullock without blemish, and a ram out of the flock without blemish. 
And thou shalt offer them before the Lord, and the priest shall cast salt upon them, and they shall offer them up for a burnt offering unto the Lord. Seven days shalt thou prepare every day a goat for a sin offering. They shall also prepare a young bullock, and a ram out of the flock without blemish. Seven days shall they purge the altar and purify it. They shall consecrate themselves. And when these days are expired, it shall be that upon the eighth day and so forward, the priest shall make your burnt offerings upon the altar and your peace offerings, and I will accept you, saith the Lord God. Well, Ezekiel goes into some detail here, giving a description of the altar in the millennial temple and the cleansing sacrifices that would be necessary. It's just like the old days with the tabernacle and, and also Solomon's temple. Notice here that Zadok's priests are pressed back into action for this particular occasion. If you want to see more about them, look at uh, my commentary on First Chronicles chapter 6 regarding the significance of Zadok. Now you might wonder, well, why the sacrifices at all? Well, they serve as a memorial, apparently, of the way things were. We know that sacrifices never, ever, ever eliminated sins. Only Christ is capable of doing that. The Old Testament sacrifices previewed Christ's sacrificial death. The millennial sacrifices are likewise looking back as memorials of Christ's death. We have some other passages where sacrifices are to be offered during the millennium. We see it in Isaiah 56, 7, which says, Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar, for mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. Then in Jeremiah 33, 17 and 18, we find this, For thus saith the Lord, David shall never want a man to sit upon the throne of the house of Israel, Neither shall the priests, the Levites, want a man before me to offer burnt offerings and to kindle meat offerings and to do sacrifice continually. Then we find uh, other references to this in Ezekiel chapter 40, verses 41 and 42. Ezekiel 44, verse 11. Ezekiel 46, verse 24. Zechariah 14, verse 21. And Malachi chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. All of those passages that I just mentioned have references to offering a sacrifice before the Lord, and that's during the period of the millennium. So as we said before, these sacrifices will be offered as memorials, not as sin coverings. It's interesting, though, that the blood never loses its significance during the millennium. Finally, let me say that this altar will be very large, about 30 feet or so square at the base and approximately 20 feet high. Compared to the original altar with seven and a half feet square and four and a half feet high, this is huge by comparison. I should once again remind you that this is the millennial temple. When the new heaven and the new earth are created in Revelation chapter 21-1, there will be no more temple in Jerusalem. The new center of all worship in New Jerusalem will be Jesus himself. It says in Revelation 21-22, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And that brings us to the end of our readings today of Ezekiel chapters 42 and 43. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walker.